please enjoy this presentation of the CUTV and Friends podcast. This podcast is a collaboration between California University Television, Cal Times Newspaper, and WCAL Radio. Hello, everyone, and, and welcome to something new. Ooh, I'm Jonathan Sakaguchi. E, joining me, e, my fellow sports fanatic, Doug Glackey. E, and we're going to be talking a little bit of baseball, some pirate stuff with the draft coming up. Talk a little trade rumors as well as talking about the e, MLB draft that's coming up. And as, if you've been living under a rock for the past month, MLB e, Sticky Gate is what they're calling it. Talking about all oh, the pitchers using foreign and substances, but let's get this started. Dougie, how you doing today, man? Good, buddy. Good. Um, I'm about to throw my pirate jersey on. All right. Um, Which I'm one? Sorry that I'm sorry that I have to give everybody PTSD, but you know. Oh, probably the worst trade in Pirates history is. Why well, was? Yeah, I think I was. Ta- I don't know if I was talking about with you last night or one of my buddies. Um, them having Austin Meadows to play right field right now would be fantastic. I think that probably makes the team probably has won at least a few more games than what they have already. It's not even that. Like, there's so many people who want to move O'Neill Cruz to the outfield. It's like, why would you want to move a six foot seven behemoth out of? that shortstop position because like, you know, you see what Fernando Tatis is able to do on cutoff throws where he's throwing like 95, 96 mile an hour on cutoff throws. And they're just absolute darts. That's what O'Neill Cruz is going to do. I was going to say that guy can throw literal bullets about as good as a a pitcher that can throw a hundred miles an hour or can from shallow left or left or center field. Yeah. And you know, um, the, uh, the big thing is, is having a power hitting shortstop right in the middle of your lineup to go with, you know, I mean, obviously we're getting like big picture and big, big speculation, but like to go with like key Brian, Brian Reynolds, you know, Mason Martin's going to be up in the big, big show at some point, Nick Gonzalez, go with all those guys that are going to be the net part of your next core. That's huge, man. You know, it's like, yeah, he'll probably be the cleanup hitter, but like he could easily be like that five, six hitter like Pedro Alvarez was, except he's actually going to bring you real production. Right. Because hey, uh, not to give anybody PTSD from that era uh, with Pedro Alvarez. I mean, granted, when he first came up, up, I thought he was probably one of the most dominant at power hitting third baseman in the game. Like he, I, I put him in, in a class with, at that time, and the thir- top third baseman in the league was, we're still talking about a very, a old Chipper Jones that could still oh, tear the cover off the ball on play third base like it was nobody's business, as well as, um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? He was with the Mets. Um, David Wright. Thank you, David Wright. Hey, hey, and there was a lot of the guys that were like that at in the around at the time, and. He kind of fell off after a couple of years, but I think with O'Neill Cruz and company coming up up through through the minor league system, 
the Pirates are probably going to have a, a core that's you know, built to ready to go coming up from AAA Indianapolis and AA Altoona uh, probably within the next – my best guess is going to be within the next two, two to three years. However, in conversations we've had, Dougie, you think otherwise. You th- you're thinking a little bit sooner. Well, I think two to three years for it all to come together. You know, they're going to have the lineup together before they have the pitching, yeah. in my opinion. You know, because with the pitching, I've only seen two or three guys that have come up and made starts at the big league level so far that I could see being a part of the next pitching rotation. You know, JT Brubaker is going to be in it. Uh, Miguel Yajare is probably going to be your, like, two, three starter. And then I think Max Kranick is, like, a four or five starter would be something worth building upon. Um, I can see that. You know, I, I want to see more starts from him. You know, I want to see more out of Max Kranick now than I do want to see out of, like, a Will Crow. I think they need to send Crow down to Indianapolis again and try and just get him working and try and figure stuff out because – I know they were doing the same thing with Mitch Keller, and that's been working to an extent. But, you know, you got to figure that out. But as of right now, like big notable prospects that are projected to be up um, in next season in 2022, uh, Nick Gonzalez is projected to be up. O'Neill Cruz will probably make the opening day roster, be pretty darn close to it. And same with Travis Swaggerty. You know, he'll be up at some point next year as well, which is it's massive. You know, the lineup's already decent as is, and we're throwing Ben Gamble's and John Nagowski's of the world out there consistently every single night, and they're, they're still coming through. Yeah, and not, you brought up Ben Gamble or oh, the big game that he had last night. Two home runs. Uh, a double RBI double. I mean, that guy just looked like he was untouchable last night. And then the pirates come out this afternoon doing that absolutely sort of the bed sheets. And it just looking like the pirates that they've been all year losing 14 into three to the Atlanta Braves. Um, Something else I'm going to talk to you about, Dougie. You're talking about the prospects and everybody that's coming through the system. Um, uh, let's go straight to the draft. We'll talk about that out here. The Pirates have the first overall pick. Uh, a lot of different names have been thrown around. On uh, You and I have had this conversation a couple different times of who I think, think they should go for. Um, your opinion, who do you think the Pirates should be drafting on the 11th? The yins are in me once Henry Davis, uh, the catcher from Louisville. Um, I've had this conversation a lot of they have literally everything they need for their next contending window except for a catcher. And, you know, that's something they could obtain in a trade. But, like, I'd also – like, I'd I'd draft Henry Davis because you have to think of it this way, Johnny – by the time their next contending window comes up, Jake Stallings is going to be old. He's probably going to be like 34, 35 years old in probably a Chris Stewart type of role where he's just a backup catcher. 
they need to find somebody who's capable of replacing him. And, you know, not even capable of replacing him, but capable of coming up and running with him until the end of his career or his potential departure in Pittsburgh in order for them to continue or in order for them to succeed in this next wave, you know, because the big thing that hurt them in the last contending window was that Tony Sanchez was not all he was cracked up to be. No, I think that was probably one you of know? the letdowns to the pirates that during that time yeah. was not having a true, through uh, everyday catcher, I guess, with and you're trotting out there, Tony Sanchez and Jacob Stallings. Yeah, you know, and the big issue was, um, you know, they had nobody to replace Russell Martin. I think the whole idea was going to be Tony Sanchez was going to replace Russell Martin, and that was the way they were going to go. But, you know, then they were able to trade for Cervelli, you know, and they ran him for a couple of years, and then Lee SDS came around. And now we have Jacob Stallings. So, I don't know. It all worked out in the end, but still. Yeah, and I mean, there was other guys that was in the system that let, uh, traded, like Reese McGuire is another one that the Pirates had drafted. We never got to even see him. Um, he got traded off to Toronto with uh, uh, Liriana to facilitate on. that cap dump or to facilitate that salary dump. Yeah. But the <laughs> thing is with, with Reese, man, like he hasn't really done anything. Like he's just kind of been like there, so it doesn't hurt that bad. It doesn't suck that bad. So yeah, it was one of those things. Like you, you, it was still one of the things you wondered what if. And when the yeah. trip down at that time, I think all of us were saying, saying "What if?" And it's it's so funny that you know whenever. Reese McGuire and Austin Meadows got drafted the same year. We were like, all right, we are set for life. And now we're playing what if with both of them. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I mean, could you, like, obviously, like, I'm not going to keep dwelling on this because, like, I I personally hate dwelling on it. I hate talking about it. But could you imagine if they had Swaggerty, Reynolds, and Meadows in the outfield? For the say, next contending window? I'd say that it would probably be one of the top three outfields in Major League Baseball, if not the top outfield then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, it rivals Marte, Kutch, and Polanco, you know? Which like, was, at the time, the fastest outfield old in all of Major League Baseball between those three. I mean, for yeah. Kutch, uh, Kutch just had the – Kutch was on a, a level where he had this smooth swing – that it seemed anytime you threw a ball his way, he was going to hit it. Um, Marte, I what can I say about that guy? I watched this dude literally he stand, he just jog over to a ball that I got in the corner in left field and just casually throw it in and still gun the runner out at third base on a bullet. And it didn't even look like he tried on that throw. And then you have Polanco, who, well... I mean, it is what it is. Hey, man, he yeah. stuck it out the most out of the three. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. all that matters. He's, he's still here, dude. The most out of the three of them. Well, yeah, I, he's still here. I wish he panned out a little bit better. Like, I wish whenever he gets on them hot streaks where he is hitting everything and er- 
in anything into the outfield and put it over or near the Allegheny, I get a, a little bit of hope that he's going to, that it's going to stay. But then three, four, five games later, we're back to the, the Gregory Polanco we know. But I do agree. I think that's probably going to be your core. Now, that's something I also wanted to talk to you about, about Dougie. As I know we're getting ready to, get, to come up on the trade deadline, but who is your core play, players that is on the current roster right now that you are building around that is on the right now all, all on the Pirates roster? Or, and I'm not talking about the guys in Indy, Bradenton, Altoona, uh, and Greensboro. Brian Reynolds and Keeper and Hayes. That's about the only two I can okay. say. You know, and I can I can see making the case for keeping Frazier around, but like, dude, that, that guy's point, value is never going to be higher. You're going to be able to cash in big time for him at the trade deadline. That was what I was getting ready to say. Is he's and the other thing is, um, we're also going to be looking at a guy that's going to be near creeping up on. 30 about the time that core is up here. If I'm looking at this correctly, uh, looking up the Pirates roster right now. Yeah, he'll be almost third. Actually, no. Oh, by the time the Pirates. He is 30, basically. Yeah, he'll he'll be about, about 30 years old. Close to third. To, uh,. He'll be like 33 whenever they're contending again. Yeah. By the time that we have the like, the roster that we are really wanting, the Pirates... And why are, do you want him to be the one that's like the Garrett Jones figure? Yeah, I... Like, no. If we're keeping anybody around for the long haul that's going to be like the team dad in the end, it's probably going to be Stallings. I could see that at where Jacob Stallings is... He's your... The one guy that comes off the bench for a pinch hitter, and that's pretty much the gist of it. It he does nothing else but that. Yeah. Um. The other thing is, I is who do we all you look at starting for the bull, the uh, bullpen the, the rotation because I know that's gonna be another thing we have to look into. Right now, all I'd say the probably the best pitcher in the entire Pirates rotation is Paul, has to be Tyler Anderson. Yeah, and that's somebody you're unloading at the deadline. Yeah, you made it work with him. He did great in the first half. Unload yeah. him to a contender and recoup yeah, assets. I think he's going to get you a decent return here in the in the next few uh, in the next few. Few days or so. So I yeah, and I mean, same same thing for Richard Rodriguez, man. You know, that's going to be somebody they're going to part with. Um, you know, you can see already that uh, the Blue Jays have interest in him, and that uh, they've already been scouting him. So he's probably a lock to go there or to another big contender. So. Ship him out, make it work, make it happen, you know.
So, yeah. Uh, now, oh my, here's the other thing, Dougie. I don't know if you heard this rumor. Was the White Sox were in on Adam Frazier. Yes. And the, what they were looking at was that rookie first baseman they have. He's currently coming off the bench for the uh, the Sox and playing right field for him on, when he does stay in the game. Um, I can't think of his name. I'm going to look it up here real quick. I know who you're talking about, though, because I, I, know, I know who tweeted about it. Because he um, actually it was one of the bigger name guys. Uh, Andrew Ruvon. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, he's also um, off topic. Obviously, completely different sports, but uh, fun fact Vladimir Tarasenko just requested a trade out of St. Louis. We'll have to say that for another day a, as a uh, hockey uh, thing. Which... Tune into four checking TV next week, where I will find a way for him to be a penguin. I may have to join in on that one because you have my attention now on that, Dougie. But let's get back to the baseball talk here. So Andrew Vaughn, he's a uh, he's what I refer to as one of the true first basemen. And as a left-hand heiress, yeah, he's a uh, – I don't know. He's not on a true first baseman. He's a uh, right-hand throw, right-handed bat. Secondary position is left field for him. So this is the guy the Pirates were looking at uh, in the deal. And it was him and it was another er, prospect to come from the, the uh, come from the south side of Chicago. But we're going to uh, – I'm not big on it. Not big on it? it no. no it, why, why would you trade for another Colin Moran? We already traded for a Colin Moran and we saw how that worked. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, that's that's my only thing, man. And plus, like, we have a first base prospect who's close to fully developed. I'm sure he's going to get called up to AAA within the next, like, two to three weeks here because he, he's hit, like, 15 homers in AA. I think I know who you're referring to in this case. Mason Martin. Yeah. yeah. Mason Martin. I think you're going to see him and O'Neill Cruz getting the call up to uh, AAA play, uh, Indy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kid from, from uh, South Korea. What? I think the three guys that, that are going to end up moving from Altoona to Indy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, probably a Mason Martin and O'Neill Cruz and uh, this Jai Huan on Bay. Oh, I didn't know that he was in Altoona. That's interesting. Yeah, he's been he started the season in Altoona this year. Here. Okay. Played a couple games down in um down for Bradenton, but that was just because of a uh cuz of a uh, rehab stint. But he is currently on, active on the Altoona Curve roster. Another one that might Make it up there would be the pitcher Ronzi Contreras. Yeah, Contreras has been de- is definitely been, having a year for him down there. He's been lights out, um, but 
him and O'Neill Cruz are both currently on the uh, IL right now. So, you know, that's something to watch. They both have forearm strains. So hopefully they're okay. And it's not anything that's going to linger for him. All right. All right. So a little info about, on, uh, about Bay, the guy from uh, I was talking about with the uh, curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, he's pl- so it's not giving me his current season stats. This is his his all time minor league stats. He's played in five or he's had five hundred sixty two at bats, one hundred eighteen runs scored, one hundred seventy hits, one homer, fifty seven RBIs, forty six stolen bases. Is he's hitting three hundred two with an on with an oh a uh, OPS of seven eighty four. So he's like one of your off the bench guys or your plug and play guys, as you and I refer to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and those guys are important, but like at the same time, it's like you know, nothing really to get too hype about, you know. Right. Like I, I, I talked to you about it um, yesterday when we were talking about like why, why are they looking at like these high school shortstops and stuff, and it's like, you know. You can't put all your eggs in one egg basket. Like I think they did the same did did that with uh, Kevin Newman and Cole Tucker, and it's blown up in their face. Um, they're both probably going to end up. Well, they're both not going to be part of the core, and uh, they're probably both going to end up moving on at some point in the next year or so because they both have been underwhelming. Yeah, uh, I. And I had high hopes for Cole Tucker when he first came up here. Er, uh, him and Newman and I can have uh, personal stories that I, I tell a lot with these guys because going making so many trips to Altoona, and you get to talk, you meet these guys all the time. Exactly. And uh, you get to talk, unlike the, like in Major League Baseball where you don't, you're further away from these guys. You're up close and personal watching these games with them. I follow these guys from um, down in Morgantown with the Black Bears before they joined the, the uh, draft league, and I went and watched uh, up in Altoona. And uh, one story I tell a lot, and I still th- I think I've told you this one. And so uh, Newman was, came up, up was talking with with me and HJ during, during one of the games I was up there, and he got he needed like two for two on the day. Hit one to left, hit one to center, and he goes, "Where are you?" Where should I hit this one? I said, "Well, you only need to hit the right, hey, to get complete the uh, hat trick." He puts one off the roller coaster. Yeah. So it was uh That's what I tell all about it, and I'm just like, I watch these guys because I want to see if I can figure out who's going to make the major league roster and who's not. Uh, and pretty much with the pyre, it's minor league system. Tom Newman, you also have to think Newman, Kramer, Cole Tucker was there, or he was getting bounced between in Triple A, Indy, and uh, in Double A Altoona. It was during that time where he was up and down between the two. Um, trying to think who else was there. I think that was also at the time Mitch Keller was pitching there too at that time. Yeah, and that was the the first time I saw Mitch Keller pitch up there. He had a no hitter going into the six, and then some kid. Ed from uh, I forget who they were playing. I think it was Trenton at that time. Just comes up up and hits a blind up and die single through there. 
ruin it. And I was like, well. Well, yeah. Uh, anyway, I need to get back on topic, Dougie. Either, uh, there's some other uh, names being thrown around on Major League Baseball or for the Pirates. Um, one of those na- names being Brian Reynolds. Now, oh, if you're the Pirates, are you listening on a deal with him? Or are you saying he's not up for dig- up for grabs? I I'm not listening to anything on him um, because my big thing is this: is you've already moved enough of the guys that could have been a part of your next contending window. The last thing you need to do is move Brian Reynolds. Like, you know, and everybody, everybody's going to say, oh, they need to trade him. They need to do this. They need to do that. And it's like, with the exception of a pandemic shortened season, he's proved nothing more than the fact that he's a consistent 300 hitter. Yeah. And I mean, you need that in your lineup night in and night out. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people within the city that keeps shouting into the void saying that he needs to go. But it's like, you know, it's tough because, like, you know, a lot of those people that are saying those things are strictly Steelers guys and only know anything about the Steelers, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, trade Reynolds is going to turn into the uh, Pirates version of trade Malt. It's It should never happen. Right. Hey, I'm looking here. here Reynolds is only a year younger than me. He's 20. Mm-hmm. By the time they're contending again, he's probably going to be 28, 29, somewhere in that time frame. So he's not going to be – he's just going to be entering his prime, if not already in his prime years. Yeah, so. I mean – and that's the thing is he's so young. He came up at such a young age. He came up at the same time Cole Tucker did. And all he did that first year was hit, 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 and blow the McCutcheon trade out of the water. Yeah, everyone was – because I remember, or everyone was up in arms about that, and you, here come the pirates with uh with those guys, and they just done something amazing with it. Now, I mean, buddy, Kyle Crick's still pitching for him. Yeah, like that's that's huge. And you know, who's to say that at some point they don't move Kyle Crick out for something about it? Well, I mean, that's what I was going to even say. Hey, how do we know he's not going to be gone at the deadline? And here. I think he, for whatever reason, man, I feel like he's one of the ones that's going to stick around at least another year. Um, the I mean, issue is they need to still have bullpen guys. Yeah. Well, you I, know, like their their bullpen cannot consist of like Chris Stratton, 50, and, oh, 50 million Jeff Hart leaves. I mean, in, there's some guys I think Inc., you're probably going to see he stay in here. And I think Inc. Underwood, who's been in. Low key yeah. decent for the Pirates and everyone, I, everyone that thinks otherwise. Well, Sam Howard. Sam Howard, that's another good one. Sam Howard came out came up last summer. I had no idea who he was. He's actually pretty all right, pretty decent dude. And then um, David Bednar has been another. Yeah. One. yeah. His dude, I wanted them. Listen, buddy. Serious with uh, Mississippi State. I wanted the brother in like the compen- the compensatory round. And now he's like pitched himself into the top ten of the draft, so it sucks. Yeah, it 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 is what it is. There's not much we can sit and do about it. Um, 
and that's what the and the thing too but here's the other thing dougie you and i have ta- talked baseball before we know how these drafts have stocks change and even though oh he's pitched himself over into a, a uh, top 10 and spot doesn't mean he's gonna go there but i guarantee i mean look first round just just because kumar rocker was the consensus number one overall pick for a good better part of two years doesn't mean he's not falling out of the top five yeah so right now he's per- currently projected to go seventh overall to kansas city yeah so, so oh, moving on to the, to the next subject dougie because we've pretty much covered every other topic we wanted to talk about oh, kind of, as the pirates are one of those things we can literally flow into the ne- one to the next and uh that's been in the sticky gate thing and going on uh for those of you that don't know what's going on about that, and you should by now, the the Pirates, it's, I don't think, fell victim of this. But we know oh, a lot of other pitchers did. A lot of former Pirate pitchers did. <laughs> and that being of the, the <laughs> spider tech stuff, it's funny how the two most entitled ones yeah. fell victim of it. It's incredible. I love it. It couldn't have happened to two better people. Class now. The two pitchers hey. left Pittsburgh and ended up being these dominant forces can't seem to hit the broadside of a barn door now. Not even not even just left Pittsburgh and became dominant forces. They left Pittsburgh, talked horrible about the organization, and then just went and dominated. And one of them came this close to winning a World Series. You know, people came that close. I saw a tweet that said uh, the Pirates win the World Series in 2015 without if uh, Spider Tech is outlawed. And that's not true. We all know that Jake Arrieta was doctoring in some way, shape, or form. We all know he was doctoring. But Garrett Cole, man, no way. No way that we get out of that game still. Even if Jake Arrieta wasn't doctoring the ball, that, and I still guarantee he probably strikes out 10, 10 pirate, or it's only gives up three run, runs and on six hits. I mean, Sean Rodriguez started that game. Because Clint Hurdle wanted to play the, uh, the defensive game and realized Clint Hurdle should have been hot fired after that wild card game. And you cannot convince me otherwise. We went on this horrible. A little run here up until they finally fired the entire old regime. But, like, the truth is, Clint Hurdle should have been fired after, like, arguably the 2014 wildcard game. That was the one with the Giants, correct? Yeah, but setting it up where you were going to start Edison Volquez was just asinine. Because you started Garrett Cole and AJ Burnett at two days, like, earlier on in the week. Well, he was, he was trying to win the division. Yeah, which at that point in time, and I was there for that part because I was there for the doubleheader against the Cardinals that went into that. Oh, dude, I was there for that too. Actually, wait. No, 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 no. That was, that was in 2015. Because remember, Jeff Locke and Charlie Morton pitched back-to-back and they blew the division. Yeah. That's right. The following year was a doubleheader against the Cardinals, and if the Pirates won two of them, they still had a shot at winning the division. And but if they lost either of those games, they were screwed. And that's exactly what happened. They lost both of them. 
No, they won game one, but they lost the most important one of game two. Okay. Okay. And a heartbreaker of an A7 6 loss to the Cardinals. It's crazy, man. Where, once again, the Pirates got screwed. I don't play it at home. Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, man, I think they're in a good spot moving forward, you know? Um, I think, um, you know, really the only thing they have left to figure out is pitching. And you can figure that out in trades. Trades and free agency. You literally can – I mean – you know, they're going to sign guys um, when the time comes, you know, because yeah. their payroll is going to be so low that they're going to be able to commit money to guys and all that. Because, I mean, outside of uh, Hayes and Reynolds, who else is going to be on the roster that is going to command big money or not be not under arbitration rights or team control? That's pretty much it. It's everyone's going to have be under rookie contracts. There's not going to be much that error. So you can pretty much go out and go and get your 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 starters and your probably even your closer. Yeah, I don't know, man. Dollars. David Bednar gives me like major Mark Melanson vibes. I think he could stick around and be like a huge part of the back end of that bullpen. Yeah, I, if you ask me, I think Inc. Inc. Bednar or JT Brutebaker, uh, Chase DeYoung, and Dwayne and Underwood Jr. are going to be the guys that are going to be sticking around here for a while for the Pirates. Yeah, JT Brutebaker is going to be big in that rotation. I mean, he for whatever reason he has it. You know, he's probably not going to be your ace, but he's a really good, you know, he's like, he's like a Trevor Williams. Like he, he can be your three, four or five guy on any given day and give you a really positive return. I, I agree Me with that. And I think we're going to see some different stuff going on here with the pirates in, in the near future. Or about time will tell. Oh, oh, well, well, that's going to do it for this week, folks. Uh, Dougie, I think we're going to do this again and probably after the draft, right? We can do that, yeah. All right, hey, so we'll do one after the draft, and we'll do one right before the trade deadline or if something happens with the Pirates between now and then. So until next time, I'm, I'm for Doug Glackie. I'm John Sakaguchi signing off, guys. Until next time.
The preceding program was a joint collaboration between California University Television, Cal Times Newspaper, and WCAL Radio. Please subscribe to the CUTV and Friends podcast for updated shows.